Welcome in. It's the BCJ Podcast here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. And we've got a, uh, a two-man show, the, the old school. Had a lot of guests on through quarantine. A little bit of a, uh, an old school show for you today. Yeah. Here on the BCJ po- Podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail. And, of course, Leah's Landscaping. How'd that go? Bird came out. No, he still hasn't. He still hasn't come out. What? I, just, I told him that we said that was fine. The, the weather's been good, so I was like, "Don't waste a good weather day for me. We're not doing anything right now." Um, so I'm sure sometime when it, if it eventually rains again, then he'll he'll come out. But what are you what are you gonna have him look at? Oh, I got some drainage issues in the back. Have him look at that. Maybe a little retaining wall around the bed in the front. So, just don't tell yeah. him you're a Xavier fan. I think he knows that I'm definitely not one of those. Hit up Leah'sLandscaping.com. L I A S Landscaping.com. Let them know Bearcat Journal sent you. Bearcat fans get taken care of, Xavier fans get charged double. Also good for our friends at the Holy Grail to see businesses back in action for the folks at the Grail. Long couple months for them. So good to see they are back and ready to go. I've got uh, I've got the weekly watch party on in the background here, Dave. The Bearcats are taking on Syracuse, 31-1 Syracuse in the semifinals of the Big East Tournament. Bearcats were very hot from three in the first half. They've cooled off in the second half, but they lead 51 to 45 with eight minutes and 40 seconds to go. I I feel confident about this one. I like their chances. I was thinking about these, these watch parties. They've been super awesome, but I would like some more like non, some more random games to really find out the true fans. (laughs) because <laughs> everybody knows and obviously you do these because you know that most people are probably going to watch them well yeah but you know like i could go for i forget if it was a single overtime or double overtime home basketball game against marquette or sk like hit one with a couple seconds left on a runner 12 13 yeah that been his junior year like that um there was an old school Marquette game too. I think when they had Dwayne Wade and Cordell Henry, that was a really good game too. Conference, Conference USA days. Yeah, I mean, right now you play the hits, right? You play the, oh, uh, for sure. But hey, if this continues, we're going to run out of hits. Yeah, <laughs> very we true. Play. We we do we're, have we're, a new. We're, we're, we're definitely on the B side. We do have a new uh, series that we're going to start tomorrow. Speaking of playing the hits, Kerry Hoffman uh, has compiled the 20 most memorable moments in UC football over the last 20 years. Oh, jeez. Like, in, like, individual moments, like a uh-huh. play? Yeah. Like, so, like, you take the biggest games and then you narrow it down to, like, what was the play in that game. Jeez. And then most of them have video uh, yeah, to go along sure. with it as well. So uh, we got that coming. That start. I'm going to do them in – the way he did it, um, I think I'm going to do them in groups of five. Like start with 
with 20 down to 15. Okay, so so we know what number one is. Yes. Number two. Well, I mean, I'm not giving it away. I'm not asking you to give it away. I have a specific play in mind. Um, I don't know if it'll be number two, but it's way up there. Tony Pike's overtime touchdown pass to Kazim Ali at West Virginia after you see blue big lead and uh, uh it is in the, that is in the top 10 what what's his name McAfee drilled like a 90 yeah. yard field goal to send it to overtime Marty Gillard actually ran the opening kickoff back for a touchdown that game yes i was i was in attendance my brother was going to west virginia at the time um but yeah that that play i feel like that, that was um there I was having a party at my house that night. And, um, you know, by the time that all the chaos happened, it was getting pretty late. And I had had quite a few beverages at that point in time. And that was one of those, like, because Tim was still, you know, handling the beat at that point in time. Um, I wasn't, you know, full time on the football beat. Um, I was I was feeling pretty good, and then all of a sudden, it was tied. Was so like, you were the? you were basically me now. Yes. Terrell Bird yes. also made maybe a game saving tackle against Pat White in that game. That's also mentioned. Honorable mention goes to Terrell Bird, who set up the win by forcing WVU to settle for a field goal on the opening possession of overtime. Yep. When he sacked Pat White on third and three from the UC7. Probably would have scored if he didn't tackle him. Yeah. Look, there's one thing we know about Kerry. If he sends me something like this. It's going to be detailed. It's going to be very thorough. Like, very thorough. So we'll start that on Friday. I figure that'll be a good way to uh, jump into the weekend. Should we, should we tell the fans how – I'm playing hurt right now, and they almost got a 3.30 a.m. podcast I mean, the other night. I mean, feel free. I, I, I'm not I'm – not, I haven't slept in, like, six days. Well, you're like stuff not is, sleeping for my not sleeping are two totally different things, but – Yeah, what's going on in the world sits heavy on me, and I uh, – it's the same problem I've always had in life. When, when stuff is going on um, – as soon as my head hits the pillow, my brain goes into like overdrive. You, you had surgery. I had surgery. So I'm playing, playing hurt tonight. Although are not, you okay? Oh, I'm fine. I can see. I don't. I can see. So that's all that really matters. Is that you had corrective eye surgery? Is that what no? You're... It's it's actually I have had a blocked tear duct. So they put a new tear duct in. Ah. So I have like a little thread going from my upper eyelid into my lower eyelid, like all the way down and through here. That, I guess that is not adds. a jail teardrop tattoo. No, those are stitches. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was up. Was that Tuesday night? Tonight's thir- this is Thursday. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, f- I fell asleep. Woke up at like 11 and just couldn't fall back asleep. You texted me right around 3 and I was still up. Yeah. 
well, you, you were like, I think I had seen just I think I had saw you just tweet something, so I was like, well, he must not be asleep. <laughs> the last time I really slept well was probably last Wednesday or Thursday. Now, last night was I I fell asleep at seven. <laughs> I tried to call you at like You called me at eight. Yeah, eight, eight thirty last night and, and I didn't hear back from you until this morning. Yeah. So. Usually Usually I call late because I'm up late. Yeah. I was considerate this time. <laughs> well, it didn't matter last night. I know. But, All right. So let's let let's talk Bearcats here. So yeah, this whole like I I don't know if it happened to you, but just kind of looking over things, it kind of snuck up on me. And I no, called you this afternoon me, and I was um, like they're reporting supposed to be starting reporting in a few days. You know, what do we know? So when you um when you cover when you own a website that covers sports, uh you're very alert of when sports are coming back when they've been gone for three right. months. <laughs> um I, I I made a bunch of calls today. I was going to initially um kind of wait on that until the weekend for the exact reason of what happened when I started making phone calls. Because I think we are still at a point. We know um, the first wave of players will be back Monday. Those are the guys that have stayed on campus, um, are living close, um, very easy to, to bring that group in. Uh, then they're going to be kind of phased in in waves. Um, over, and this is still kind of up in the air, but from what I'm hearing, the football stuff, the football return to campus is all going to be phased in over kind of a three-week period. Um, and then basketball would be sometime shortly after that, June 28th, June 29th. Uh, somewhere in that vicinity that we would uh, hopefully get the basketball team back on campus. But these first three weeks are going to be for getting uh, football players back. There will be uh, voluntary workouts involved. I know, and it's got to be tough on those guys because, what, teams started coming back three days ago and now positive tests are rolling in? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all just – it's very – you know, school specific, you know, you see like, I think I saw today Notre Dame kind of released a little bit of their info. They're talking about that. If you're driving back to campus yourself, you're either testing right away and then self quarantining for three days. And if you're flying back, you have to self quarantine for seven days. Some schools aren't testing right away. A lot are um, like there was five five players in Alabama tested positive and they're not even technically back yet. That was I read a little bit deeper on it. There was just like fifty or something dudes that are just already back and they were just hanging out on their own, just almost like a socializing setting on the field one day. And then now as they've started to kind of testing waves like five players tested positive and 
Arkansas State had seven athletes, not all football players, that they announced today. And every single one of these kids is asymptomatic, which causes a problem because you, you, you don't know. You have, a, you have a bunch of kids then that could be, but you don't know until you test them. And, you know, when you test them makes a difference. I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's the wild, wild west, but it kind of is. Well, it's, you're it's in. kind of is because you just don't know. Sports are, and especially football. And this doesn't really need to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's it's the most regimented, military-like uh, sport that we have, right? Oh, sure. And this is a situation where nothing is regimented. We don't know. We started this knowing nothing about the virus. We now are starting to get more information on the virus, but we still don't have a great feel for you know, there's still a lot of, uh, of back and forth in the medical community about exactly what this virus is, how it operates, how, how to, you know, is it slowing down? There have been reports that uh, the, the, the impact, the severity of it is decreasing. There have also been reports, and from talking to people today, that um, it's not a respiratory virus. It's a, a blood-related blood. virus. Yeah. Uh, and that's how it was attacking the lungs was through the blood cells, but that it wasn't respiratory. It was blood. So now, um, you know, you're looking at some of these guys that maybe they're asymptomatic, but there becomes a concern for blood clots. And, you know, we're still a long way from having a very good handle on this thing. And, and this is from talking to people in the medical community, um, some of them are going to be dealing with this here very soon. And it's almost like we are, and it's so crazy to say this. It, this is why it's so wild that, that they're, that college sports has gone the route that they've gone. They're basically the, like the case study college sports, college football is going to be like the test study for the nation. Well, sure. Because the patients don't have any rights. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The only right you have basically is to say, look, I'm not showing up this year. Right. Yeah. And then you hope that they hold your scholarship or, or whatever. Right. Which there's no, there's I no mean, guarantee of that. it would be a terrible thing, terrible thing yeah. to do. The optics but, wouldn't be good. Right. The op no, I can't imagine anyone would do it because the optics would be so bad, but it's, it's kind of like the misconception that like a scholarship is a four-year scholarship. It's not. I mean, if a coach wants to go down that road, um, and that's changed some and at some schools, but, but yeah, it's, you know, the, the most interesting thing is going to be, I mean, I can't imagine that there is any school that brings back, there are 105 players or whatever number they roster that does not have a positive case. Yeah. So what happens next is, is kind of my biggest question for all of these schools. When you have positive cases, what is your protocol to keep that person, those people, from spreading to the rest of the team to where one week 
these three people have it. Now we're in week two. They're fine. But now these five people have it. And it just continues to accumulate as the entire season goes on. Like, how are you getting to the point where, okay, we have now tested the entire team. Everyone has been through quarantine. Everyone that's had it is now tested negative, and now we are at, quote-unquote, level zero. Like, we're all good. How long from the first test to that point is it going to take? Who knows? I mean, we have no idea. Right. I mean, I'm just – And it's going to be different everywhere. It's going to be wild because it's all fine and good in June and July, but when you get into the season – if that's still going on and we'll just say Trevor Lawrence tests positive for coronavirus on the Thursday before the Notre Dame game, like he's out, I guess. Right. Yeah. And, and, and at that point, and at what point the quarterbacks, so, so is the quarterback room quarantined? Right. But then oh, my baby. big shot from SK. <laughs> my other side of it Three though ball is from the corner. Bearcats are up 10, 65, 55, the minute 40 to go. We blew a pretty big lead if we were up 65 to 55 with a minute something to go. Well, um, I mean, there's a Deion Dixon throw. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So But where okay. <laughs> then, the, then the the opposite end of the spectrum is <laughs> what like, what rules do you have in place with knowing that the players don't exactly have, you know, this isn't the NFL where they are under contract and they're employees. Can player A go, I'm asymptomatic. I don't care if I tested positive on plane. Well, no, because that's it's the doctor's call. But I mean, it's the same as like it's the same as like now. Like, but so do you, te- say, do you test him then every day because he could be positive on Thursday, but negative on game day? Can he then play? Um, I think what we're probably gonna see, and again, here here's the real. We'll get into the. You real might have tested him on like the fifth day of his infection, and now by game day. He is, you know, not yeah, infected but that's, anymore. Is there going to be a positive test? You're not going to be cleared without a positive test. Like, we know that, right? Right. What you're saying might be theoretically true, but guys aren't going back out on the field unless there's a test that says they're positive. No, negative. Or negative, I mean. You no, know. that's what I mean, though. But, like, you test Des Ritter on Wednesday because he isn't feeling great or something, and it's positive. Okay, you sit out, whatever. But on Saturday, you test him again, and he, and he comes back negative. Can he play? I mean, I don't think that's how it's going to work. If I had to guess how it if works. If I was a player, I'd be furious, though. I'd be like, I'm negative. You tested me. Yeah, but I, I don't think that's how it's going to work. I think what you'll see with testing is I think you'll see, like, if they can test everybody, I think you'll see probably one a week. Right. Well, then it becomes, at some point, you're testing only what you feel are symptomatic people. You're not trying to no, test. I, 
from what I'm hearing, I my understanding is if 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 things go according to plan, and who knows? Like I've been trying to get to this point, and we keep sidetracking. Nobody like there are NCAA subcommittees that are meeting this week. Yeah. Tomorrow, actually, Friday is the only day left. Yeah, right? I tweeted tweeted some of their thinking out a little bit ago. So they're meeting tomorrow. Schedule. There's a lot of decisions that are going to be made there. There's meetings at the conference level. From what I heard, Luke Fickle was in a, an AAC meeting today. UC is in not only meetings in athletics, but meetings to determine how to, you know, what's going to happen for the entire university. Sure, because there's, I mean, take Ohio and Texas. Texas's governor today said that he is expecting 100%. Well, he's, he's allowing 50% capacity for games. And Texas's athletic director said he's anticipating 100% capacity for all their football games. When today in Ohio, our governor is getting sued by Kings Island. Right. So those are just two schools in different states in the same conference that are probably doing things differently. So we haven't gotten to a point where the decisions have been made, right? Right. Like the, the handbook has not been written of, okay, yes. here's what we're going to do. And then if this so, happens, here's what we do. Guys are coming back, starting to come back Monday. Here's this. This is a, the the best analogy I've gotten on the situation. And if you take anything away from this podcast, this is what I would take away from the podcast. They are being given seven miles of direction at a time, but they're not being told how long the trip is or what direction the road goes. <laughs> so. Here is what's going to happen between now and Monday, right? So they basically have a roadmap as to what's going to happen between now and Monday. By Monday, all of that information has already changed. I mean, I'm sure UC is trying to work with UC Health in terms of testing. Um, is that a collaboration that's going to stick? We don't know. We don't know how it's going to work out. We don't like <clears throat> so. There's just a lot of layers of, of this that have not been revealed yet, have not been uncovered yet. And I'm, I don't think that that's necessarily like a bad thing. Because I don't either. What's the point in writing something for two weeks or two months from now that you know full well probably is, not, is going to need it's gonna to change. be right. amended? So you give, your no. be, you give your best plan for what? Let's call it phase one, getting guys back to campus. And shit, you might have the first Sorry, set Dave. of guys come back and you change something for the next set of guys because once they – once it's like this is the way I always looked at it when I was working like operations for the golf tournaments. It's one thing to like plan everything out. It's another thing when there's 30,000 people there and you go, oh, wait, that sounded great in theory, but now that there's 30,000 people here, that doesn't That's work. That's not going to work. Right. So that's kind of where everything's at. Like, it's interesting. I even, I heard, you know, and asking around and, and, and talking around a lot today, there are a lot of schools out there 
that will not be um, training in the weight room. Just Everything will be done too outside. Con too confined of a space. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, there's a lot of talk about how the, the virus is transmitted and how um, it is much more contagious inside than it is outside. Um, I, I don't know exactly. I don't think a decision has fully been made on what direction you see will go with that yet. But I know there's a lot of sentiment and there's a lot of schools that are planning on working out strictly outside or almost exclusively outside. Yeah. So even something like that is, is not decided yet. So we, we are so far away from having a complete understanding of this thing yet, even though the return to campus starts Monday. Right. <laughs> um, we're starting to see stuff from the NCAA come out in terms of uh, when coaches are going to be allowed to be involved again. It looks like the smart money is on a six-week period starting in the middle of July um, yeah, it for, sounds like for, for, for mandatory practices and work. There's like two weeks where it's like, what, eight hours? And then there's like a four-day break or something, and then it's like the traditional four-week – 20 hour I saw the the thing I saw latest this evening was that the two weeks there's four weeks that, that have to happen that's camp right they're talking about adding two weeks on to camp to help make up for everything that's been missed I saw something today that that even suggested those two weeks could be 20 hours just to I've get seen the other stuff that says they might be eight but again it's it's six weeks from now right well, I think I think yeah, whatever you do, you need to give them – and it's one thing, like, coaches will adapt, players will adapt. These are young guys. They're in, you know, relatively awesome shape all the time anyway if they're doing what Peak they're supposed to be doing. physical condition, right? That's what it's called. Right. But doing your little band workouts at home is a whole lot different than going through spring <laughs> practice – Right. Summer conditioning. So they do probably need to build in some extra time just from a conditioning standpoint of yeah, – because when they, when they go to higher ground normally, it's not like they just show up and spend the first three days, like, getting, getting their wind. Like, they, they get there and they rock and roll. And that's not going to be something that they've been able to do. Um yeah, there's definitely so there's probably the higher some, ground things and even it more in spite. That, I mean, you and I have already – we've talked about that because we could see – we can see it both ways. But the way that I – I struggle to see them using it this year from the freshman standpoint of how they have to house the freshmen there. So aren't they all in like the big like barracks type – yeah, the, up, the upperclassmen stay in the they get a room. kind of hotel room type looking setup. Yeah, something like that. Well, yeah, but I mean, like you know what I mean, like apartment looking. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's. I just think it makes more sense to keep everybody where all your medical, where your best medical equipment is. 
your best living conditions are, your best meeting. Yeah, but there's there's something to be said for we test them when we get there and they've got no interaction with anybody else the rest of the way. How much interaction though would they have on campus with at their at those they live in a in an apartment. They don't live in like they all live together. Yeah, but that apartment is not just football. And you're walking to and from the apartment and you're going to Kroger and your girl's coming over. You're not you allowed to practice. Do, you wouldn't be allowed to do that. Allowed and and what happens? <laughs> you know what's no, not I, happening? Your girl is not sneaking over to higher ground. That's true. I don't know. I, I, I there, there's 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 pros and cons both ways. So it's going to be and I mean a lot of that's going to come down to is UC going to decide to try to get the semester done by Thanksgiving because that means moving the start of classes up. Right. If the start of classes get moved up, there's there's you wouldn't be able to do that. There's either no higher ground or a very very limited trip to higher ground, right? I don't even know if the I don't even know if it would be worth going. I mean, a lot of the move-ups I've seen have started August 10th. So I mean, you wouldn't even really be there a week. Yeah, but well, I mean, July 20th is going to be about when this stuff when they're going to be allowed to start if it's six okay. weeks. So you still might be able to get like two weeks out there if you really wanted to. The other question is going to be cost. Right. Is it worth everything you have to do for two weeks and then the, and the money of it when you're right. out, when you, when we already know. The yeah. budget's tight. You everybody's, might be able to save yourself some money this year. Everybody's t- – I think it's an – it's probably. Did you, did you know Spike Lee was standing behind, sitting behind Jim Beheim for this game? I did not. They just showed Jim Beheim. So it's sixty-nine, sixty-six, with ten seconds left, and then Spike Lee was standing up behind Jim Beheim. So all he did was see another orange and blue team lose in the Garden. Yep, I was waiting for you to set yourself up for that one. Yeah. Um, sorry. I, I shouldn't have this game on in the background. I'm I'm a bit distracted at times watching the end. Watching UC melt down <laughs> a 10-point lead. There's still 5.4 seconds left. And then Dave, when Justin Jackson made the meaningless dunk that I almost threw a rock through the television. <laughs> after I cheered, and then I realized you probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of decisions into higher ground. There, there's a lot of decisions – that are left to be made. And it, it makes this really interesting to, to cover and, and, and follow and track because like, we don't even know what's going to happen from Monday when the football team starts to come back to will the basketball team be able to come back in three weeks? Like right. what are the delays? What are the, the ups and downs? What are the pitfalls? Um, oh, Cass just fouled out. That's not a <laughs> – it's not a good sign. And then they, they fouled on a three-point shot. 5.4 seconds left. Like, it's tough to beat a 31-1 and team, Dave. It is. Especially a 30. That team was – that Syracuse team was ridiculous. Yeah. Deion Waiters and C.J. Fair. Scoop Jardine. Here's the, here's the junk, Justin Jackson dunk. One second left. 
up by three. And everybody's looking at him going, you idiot. And he's looking Throw at him. Like, out. I just he's dunked on, yeah, on this. <laughs> Bearcats win, Dave. 71-68. They advance to the Big East Finals. To play in one of the ugliest basketball games I've ever watched. Oh, God, that was brutal. That was brutal. <laughs> That's right up there with that, uh, that pit game. Which one? <laughs> yeah, like four of them. Or the, the one at South Florida, the Sunday noon game in that South was, Florida on the, on the hockey rink. We lost – I remember that when we lost. It was in like – it was on some random channel on standard definition. And, yeah, that was, that was one of the worst ones ever. That might be number one on my list for, for worst games of the Mick Cronin era. To watch, Does, like to, to yeah. suffer through. Oh, for sure. That's definitely up there. I mean, I would say Presbyterian. I mean, it was early Sunday morning. It was just – everything about that was awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this – it's going to be interesting. I mean, you – You know, I, what, from talking to people, and I, it's an interesting tactic. Initially, I had heard that – the plan was to bring teams back in uh, position groups. Right. Now it sounds like the plan is to bring groups back in terms of the two deep, to get the, the main guys back as quick as possible. Main guys back, tested through the quarantine process. Yes. And available to start work, um, you know, I think from a football standpoint, that's definitely the way to do it. From a health standpoint, it was probably going position groups because those are the people that are around each other all the time. But like, yeah, I mean, you, you can, can still you can argue either way. I mean, if you're bringing back the two deep, if you've already got the kids <coughs> that are that stayed back through all of this. For whatever you know, for whatever reasons, injuries didn't have the vet, you know great place to go back to, and you have the local kids, and you have the two deep. That's over half your roster. Yeah, and you're not counting the freshmen because you can bring bring. I'm assuming you can bring them in last. The out of town ones. Right. Right. Um. So I mean, I don't think. The thing here's the thing. There's no perfect there, way. There's not a there's not a right way. There's not a wrong way. There's not a perfect way, and there's not a bad way. I mean, you just kind of have to. You could spend any number of hours trying to figure it out. It's not going to make a difference. No one's going to go. Yep, we did. We this was nailed great. it. <laughs> we nailed it because we decided to bring back the linemen first, then the linebackers. Like, no, right. that's not how this is going to work. We wrote the book on bringing back players during the <laughs> pandemic. It just is, man. It's so crazy because there's so much unknown about all of it. Yeah. I mean. Louisville, like, Notre Dame up next. Who you got? Going to go with Louisville. I think so, too. 
I think Notre that Notre Dame team was a different team away from home. Yeah. Really good at the the Joyce Center, is that what it's called? I think yeah, something like that. Really good at home, not as good a team away from home. I think I like Louisville. And then unfortunately Louisville probably in a in a low gets score. A cl- yeah, and a, what do they call it? Like a rock fight? A rock fight. They call it a rock fight. I think Louisville probably claims that Big East crown. What else do you want to talk about? I don't know, man. Um, what do you think? What, 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 should we, what should we talk about? How long have we gone so far? We're 40 minutes. It's not bad. No. And what we've expressed to you over 40 minutes is we have no idea what's going to happen yeah. other than guys, guys are going to start coming back. Basically, you just listened to 40 minutes of nothing. It's like it's, it's, we are the Seinfeld of podcasts. Which, if you listen to us on a normal basis, it's not really anything it's different. But same ballpark. Yeah. Same ballpark. But no, I mean, it's – it's all very interesting. It's it's like it's one of the most interesting things how these schools are going to go about this. But you could ask any question, and the answer could be I don't know to every single one of them. Yeah, because we don't yet. Right until until UC makes their decisions. Like what happens if I just thought of the, okay, like what happens if a team just has like a random outbreak of like ten or fifteen guys the week of the game? Like they just like we're not coming. Right. <laughs> like, it's a conference game. It's for the – to go to the conference championship of, of whatever conference, not just saying UCs. And, like, teams like, yeah, all of our quarterbacks tested positive. We, we can't play. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're quite literally out. I, it's so crazy. Like, on top of, like, everything else that's going on, which I didn't feel this was the right show or time or place to, to get into that. If you, if you like my thoughts on everything that's going on right now at Chad Brendel. Yeah. Just ask him. He'll tell you. Yeah. You can, you can find out there. Um, I do think it's wild though, that all of what's going on basically cured coronavirus because there's nothing to talk about. It's just gone. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it ain't gone. <laughs> I get a oh, feeling I we'll be we'll be talking about it again soon enough, probably. But uh, on the basketball side, I there is some hope that uh, recruiting will open back up in August and September. Um. There's not going to be AAU tournaments. The liability. No way. There's no way. Uh, the EYBL is already canceled. What they do kind of sets the tone for what the rest of the AAU basketball world does. Um, you might see a tournament or two pop up. I, I don't imagine that coaches will be allowed to go to those. Who's going to want to go? And if there's no coaches there, why would anybody go play in them? Right. Um, I think what you're going to see, hopefully, is you'll see official visits and unofficial visits open back up. And I think you'll see a situation where coaches are allowed to go back on the road to the high schools 
to watch workouts and open gyms and things of that sort. Um, at least I think that's what everybody hopes is going to happen. Which, I mean, this, like, it's funny. Like, John Brandon and Mick Cronin are, are, are vastly different in a lot of ways. The one way they are the same is a lot of their recruiting is done off of in-person evaluations. And right now there are no in-person evaluations and it puts John Brandon in a really tough spot because he truly believes he needs to see a kid play, watch how the kid interacts on the floor, watch his, his skill, watch his basketball IQ. And you don't really in basketball, like you can see it in football because football is such a, a a sport dominated by athleticism and physicality. Um, basketball, there's a, there's a lot more nuances to it that, that you don't see on tape that you see live. And I think it puts the schools that have coaches that rely on that I think it puts them at like, it's funny because I think it actually gives them an advantage for like 2022, right? Because he's watched, you know, probably a thousand hours of tape on 2022 prospects. So when he goes on the road and eventually and gets those in-person evaluations, he's already got a head start. But in 2021, time's running out. Right. He's a guy that likes to have his class in place early. And he's talked a lot about that. Getting a class in place by November is going to be, as Butch Jones would say, a great challenge. (laughs) A great challenge. But it's different. Like those schools that, that they rely more on looking at the top 150, right? They rely – they don't really rely on making personal evaluations, probably because they're not good at them, right? Like they rely on somebody else telling them who's good, I mean, and then they just see what they can do to land the prospect. If you have a lot of, like, debit cards that are untraceable, do you really need to be good at evaluation? Evaluation? Um, <laughs> A lot of the schools that rely on that type of thing, it would say, yes, you still need to be good at evaluating because just bringing guys in on, on, <laughs> on other uh, merits is not always the key to success, I'll say. Not always. So, but I, I think it's a, a big help in, you know, going forward because I think now you know, you've had a lot of time to, to get your board together to see what things look like, whereas um, – it's going to be – it's going to make 2021 pretty tough. Fortunately, I would say for John Brannon, at least as it stands right now, you never know with, with the transfer portal and, and the way college sports are nowadays. But with the way things stand right now, he's going to have a lot of his roster in place for 2021, right? Yeah, seems that It's going to be a lot of sophomores and juniors on that team. My back is itching like crazy. Did you get that in the in the five pack? No, I just took it from my brother's house. Got my, the back scratcher out. My mom has those. They're all different color handles. You get five of them. 
altogether. That's probably why my brother just gave it to me. He's probably got four more in his house yeah. somewhere. She's got, got a shoulder blade I couldn't get to. All over the all over her house. One in her <laughs> Um so I mean that, that like somebody asked the other day if I would have a hot board for basketball and it's like <laughs> Sorry. I mean I could give you I could give you ten names that they're interested in. But one of the things we've always prided ourselves on in recruiting is not just giving you names. We give you names until the cows come home. Yeah. We prefer to give you this is – these are the names to watch. And right now I just don't feel, feel comfortable that I have that, that ability to do that. So football recruiting um, – in a bit of a, a, a slow spot right now. Not surprising after uh, oh, the, yeah, the activity they, of April and May. They don't have a lot of spots left. No, not and, not the way they not the way they've shown they handle the fall, the end of the process, and, yeah. and, and winter part of it, which <laughs> I think Plus, we can all say has been the you know the early returns have been the right way to handle it. Plus Luke Fickle has a very, very difficult job. He's got to stop Marcus Freeman from adding 25 defensive backs to the roster. Right. <laughs> yeah. Defensive back. Well, he, he, he had to stop the offensive coaches last year from adding 15 wide receivers. Now he's got to stop Marcus from adding. Well, no, he didn't want to stop them from adding 15 wide receivers because they needed 15 new wide receivers. Yeah, well, I, we, I mean, I'm not a big I told you so, but I think I remember us saying that that was going to happen and people being like, no, it's, you know, it's this, it's this. No, I think it's pretty obvious it wasn't. Uh, well, if you recall, We've been talking about this for two, three years. It's not we, – we were prophetic in this cycle only because we saw what was coming over the past couple cycles. Right. I, which, I, I, I'll still contend I think Luke Pickles only made one bad hire in his time here. Joker. Yep. Which I is why you should sign up for Bearcat Journal because when we go, hopefully we're allowed still if we don't come close to anybody – if we're allowed to cover fall practice, we tell you guys what we see, and we told you for the last two years what we saw. And yeah. sure, there were other elements that played parts into that, but um, if you can't get open, you can't get open. It's a problem. It's a problem. Hopefully it's uh, in – in route to being fixed because that i mean if it is, ain't fixed after this this purge well i mean i don't that is i mean I, you might be a year away from it being fixed yeah that's i mean but that's why you take two grad transfers from you know right the, the power five level both have had some margin of success not right. you know they weren't dominant by any stretch but they, they were dominant um, they wouldn't be transferring or they'd be in the NFL. Right. They wouldn't be grad transferring. They would, they would right. be playing on Sundays. <laughs> uh, but I think that at least buys you some time with that group of young guys. Sure. 
So, all right, man, I, I don't really have anything else left to you. No, I don't think so. Hopefully we've been somewhat of a, a distraction for you here. Yeah, I mean, everybody, I think everybody needs one. At least, at least for a little bit. Are 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 you are are you going straight to sleep? It's eight fifty one. Oh, going straight um, to sleep when we get done here. I don't know if possibly depends on what Rachel's doing. If she's still awake, we might watch uh, Jersey Shore. And but usually that's a DVR we watch tomorrow with Top Chef. You're not you're not watching. The Vols attempt to go undefeated? In what? A video game? Football. Yeah. No, that does absolutely nothing for me. Did you see the impact it had on their social media? The only thing I care about less than watching old games that I've already seen is watching someone else play a video game. You're missing out. I'm a big Twitch guy. I'm a big Twitch I'm guy. Sure. And Big Cat's funny. I'm sure it's just exhilarating. But they picked a great school. Or he picked a great school because there are plenty of people with so much expendable income to buy up all of that merchandise. Well, that's the big, the biggest thing that came out of this is that Tennessee licensed Barstool right. to sell. They're not dumb. They know their fans will buy anything that's orange that has a power T on it. You know, it's so, crazy. It's crazy. I, in, in some ways, I kind of started a lot of this. <laughs> and now, so when the coach Dugs, the, the 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 mythical coach on NCAA 2014 that Big Cat created, uh, he started at Toledo, then he went to Florida State as offensive coordinator, and then he got hired at USC as offensive coordinator. And I'm watching the stream when he takes the USC job and I call Brandon Sosna and I say, dude, you should have some fun with this because it's an audience that is interactive. Like you're going to get a lot of mileage out of uh, having fun with, with this. So Brandon calls Helton and, and their offensive coordinator and gets the, the USC um, main account, the USC football main account involved in it. They, they, they overnight Big Cat, a bunch of USC gear. Brandon hits me back up in the morning, and he's like, dude, I've never seen anything like. He had a tweet that had, uh, I think it ended up with almost a million and a half interactions <laughs> on Twitter. And we both thought, like, holy cow, that blew up. And it wasn't even. No, it wasn't even. That was like the infancy of it. Yeah, like Texas Tech saw a gigantic bump from it, and then. The bump that Tennessee's gotten has been incredible. Sure. They I are the most, like the most in terms of the number of posts and the activity on the posts. They're behind like Alabama, yeah, over the past like three weeks. Riding the wave our, of Coach Dugs. We love our football and Rocket Top. I mean, you know, all they 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 just got to take out Kentucky tonight for the undefeated regular season. One of my buddies has been playing like NCAA football during this whole quarantine. I'm off. I'm so bad. He's, he's on season. His season right now is 2058. What? 
<laughs> yeah. Has he been playing since 2014? <laughs> I don't know, but he's, he's quite a ways into it. He's 44 seasons into the game? Yeah. He, he sent us a screenshot last week. He's like, I've had a lot of time on my hands. Does your coach die? Well, I mean, I don't know. who. I mean, Phil obviously would have croaked by, by no, then. No, you have to make your own – like, you make your own coach. You have oh, to, once, like, you do, once you do, like, dynasty mode or whatever? Yeah, you, you have to create your own coach. Yeah, I don't um, know. I don't. I should ask him what coach, what number coach he's on since he's been running the show. Well, but you're you are your own coach, right? So, I'm like the the coach probably had to be in his in his thirties when he so started. He probably, re- they, he probably retired, and then and he, had, yeah, they started doing. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Twenty fifty eight. Yeah. I'm so bad at it. Well, you I'm beat so Miami. You beat the brakes off Miami the other night. Last night, um, I hadn't been playing much the past. How bad, how bad is that when you're like, I'm actually you self admit that you're terrible shit. at a game and you still beat another beat Miami by thirty seven. Well, here's the thing, <laughs> I can't pass. I can run, and when I start streaming this, it is going to trigger UC fans. At an epic level. Well, can't you can't you put in like the the triple as your offense? I can, yeah. Well, do that. But I don't need to. I don't need to. That would be awesome if you recruited awesome. See, this is my this is this this is going to take us on a whole nother tangent. But like, so Stephen Godfrey, who's been on our podcast, was I guess technically still is Banner Society. A bunch of those people got furloughed and and whatnot. Yeah. He has been on this drive for the just under the top echelon teams to go to the triple because they would still be able to recruit like the awesome talent that they get, but then they'd be running an offense that no one could defend. We're like your Tennessee, for instance, in the SEC, who's probably not ever going to, I don't want to say ever, but like Bama's rolling, LSU's rolling, like, Right. How do you gain an advantage on them? Do something totally different. Like, right now, Tennessee is just trying to do what Alabama and Georgia does with not as good players. That's not going to work. So, like, run the triple. Or, like, if you're a middling ACC team, run the triple. So no, I, I get think it. You should recruit all the fast little wide receivers and running backs and run the triple with, with this UC thing. Yeah, I, the, here's here's the biggest issue I have with the with the game from what I've um, with what I've experienced. Like the reason that like like the big cat that Dan is having so much success right now is like every skill position skill position player he has at Tennessee is like a ninety eight speed, right, ninety six like speed, five star. Not even that. It's just the speed. The speed. You just run. You just run nine routes on everybody. And I, throw I can't. I haven't completed a nine route in like four seasons of practicing this game, trying so to get you, caught up and so get up you, to speed. You actually have UC's receivers from the last few years on your team, except Chris Moore was pretty damn fast. <laughs> like he Alex Chisholm, maybe not. Alex McClung had some decent wheels. Why, why like, can't you complete complete a, a go route to Chris Moore? Because the defensive back 
is literally in his butthole the entire route. And it's an interception <laughs> like nine out of ten times. Run the triple. Well, but here's the thing. You know what my offense consists of? Ralph David Abernathy up the middle. Inside handoffs to Ralph David Abernathy the entire time. Eddie Eddie Grand's your offensive coordinator? I mean, the the one season I did is I was, like, trying to get up to speed. And, like, I think he ended up with, um, like, 1,800. He set the school record, like, 1,800 yards rushing and another, like, 900 or 1,000 yards receiving. So he almost had 3,000 yards. (laughs) NCAA record total yardage. It, it was right up there, and I like I, I I can't pass. If I if I try, I've gone into games like I'm going to pass this game, and I throw like seven interceptions. So your games time. goes your games goes super fast then. Pretty much, yeah. And I don't. I usually just simulate defense. I just call. I just play offense. So how how is the gameplay on a game that's six years old? It's not bad at all. The gameplay is actually really good because they haven't like they haven't done any updates to it, obviously, right? No, they can't. They can't touch it because if they touch it, that would be like that's why I had to get a PS3. Like normally, PS3 games will play on PS4. They couldn't. Um, so like even fix if you don't, game. even if you don't update the rosters or stuff like that, you can't. Mess I updated with the players. roster. No, but like they, like EA, yeah. Like they can't. Do well, they're not. They don't sell. They don't. You can't buy the game, right? Anywhere. But like, how much the game is going for on the internet? Oh, it's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. It's like two hundred and fifty dollars. So this isn't. This was before you could like connect internet. No, you can connect like, on the internet. So they can't do like an update to it that way. No. Because then you would be you would you would subject yourself to the lawsuit. So you, there's nothing like it's, it, but it plays still. It plays really well. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's not obviously it's not as graphically good as like what well, you no, see from Madden now. Six years old. Um. That was but Denard, still, Denard Robinson was on the cover of that one. Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> my uh, Dude, my component my component cable is supposed to get here tomorrow. I like that the 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 cover guy was someone who was like a, a maybe gadget play NFL player yeah. for like thirty. Seconds. <laughs> the uh, the the component cable was supposed to arrive tomorrow. Um, I'm gonna try by Sunday to give a stream the go. I could have like this week just why this wasn't the week to start a uh, video game stream. I didn't think. So does that mean like you're in the Big East still? No, it's the first year of the American. No, this is even worse. (laughs) Here's the other problem: like South Florida is an impenetrable monster because the the game is all about speed. Yeah, and all their dudes are fast. They're not very good at football. But I can't beat South Florida. Is B.J. Daniels their quarterback? No, I forget who it is. He might be on the bench. He would have been a little young at that point, wouldn't George, he? George Selvey? No. Um, Lattimore? Yeah. Marshall, yeah. The linebacker? No. Day-Day? Day-Day Lattimore? Yeah. Uh, 
he's their middle linebacker. He he demolit like he destroys me every game. Did you go he in there and, Brandon K like a hundred times. Did you go in there and like upload all the players' names and everything? Yeah. How long? Like that seems like that would take forever. No, it takes like one second. Oh really? Um, you just have to find a person that has the uh, rosters on their EA account. Oh, okay. And you put in their name. And bang! Within like thirty seconds, your uh, the entire game has updated rosters. Do you have any? Are there any good re- new players' names that you have on the team that are that are? Are you still in the first season? Uh, no, you got You have to ask. Like, I'm. I'm still. Re- I'm in the process of recruiting. So you haven't signed um, your first class. Well, I, I've gone back and started over a couple times because that first season is what I'm really focused on here. When I start streaming, I've got to be good at that first season. So I got to be able to beat Purdue. I got to be able to beat Illinois. I got to be able to roll through that. Yeah, I think you should America. do it as if you're a first year coach and we see the growth from year one to either contract extension or being fired. Well, that's what, what I'm, what I'm going to do when it starts. I've just like, yeah, but if you're already practicing, it's like you're playing like year zero. And it doesn't even matter. Yeah, I don't care. I'm trying not to look like an asshole on stream. <laughs> right? Like, I'm sure some people would get a kick out of that, but I wouldn't just coming in and watching me get my teeth kicked in every game. <laughs> I don't think that would be very fun. Hey, you sign up to, to be the, the big – to play with the big boys, sometimes that happens. Yeah, well, I'm going to get a couple seasons of practice in before I, <laughs> before I go live. New coach whips up on JV squads before yeah. letting other people see him play. No, I'm not playing JV squads. I'm playing all the teams on my schedule. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't fill the schedule with, like, FCS teams. So do you, like, it, do, you do scheduling then, future scheduling? Oh, you can. Yeah, you can, you can adjust your non-conference schedule. You should try to do a home and another home game with Miami in the same season. See if they accept that. They don't have any say. You just you just scroll through and change it. Oh, so you could just play so Miami. I don't know if it would let me do Miami, it or not. Ohio. I don't know if it would let me do a team twice. At home, two weeks in a row. <laughs> I mean, that's a hell of a way to, to, to pad my schedule. Get bowl eligible. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's – here's where it's true to life. Like – if you're looking at the, you know, the, the, they put up stats before each game, like where every team ranks in the country, scoring, uh, rushing, passing, and yards on offense and defense. So every time you see a team that's like 103rd in rushing, and then you start the game, and they're in your backfield the entire freaking game, and you can't run for any yards. And then you'll play a team that's like third in the, the country in rushing, and RDA four is just running like seventeen yard gains right <laughs> up the middle every other snap. I'm like, well, because they probably played like Semo the week before they played. <laughs> right. I've told Kelly like three of the last times I've played it over the past like week. The last three times I've played it, every time I'm like, I hate this fucking game. Will you? Sorry, will you let people start watching before? A Major League Baseball season begins. Oh, yeah. I'm planning on starting to stream, like, Monday, Sunday oh. or Monday. Will you, fi- will you, fin- will you be- get a contract extension before a baseball season? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. 
I, hey, I hope so. I mean, my my sinister, whatever words you want to use, I am I am pulling for no baseball season. <laughs> All right, I guess that's that's probably enough. The uh, the NCAA football 2014 conversation took us off the rails a little bit. If you're yeah, still here, right. thank you. It's all right. I, why? If you're still here, what the hell are you doing with your life? What is going on? Because they like us. They like Bearcat <laughs> Journal. They want. They want to be entertained. That's it also. The, and honestly, honestly, what else are they doing? They're not watching true. any sports. True. Twitch.tv backslash. Right backslash Bearcat uh-huh. Journal. Twitch.tv slash Bearcat Journal. That's they're what their, that's where they're with be. their families more than they want to be. So this is their time to not. Have Fortunately, to them. nobody nobody jumped in and took the Bearcat Journal Twitch stream name, uh, and I was able to get it. Thank God. Yeah. Hallelujah. All right, brother. Thanks right. for tuning in. Hope the eye feels better. Oh, it's it's good. How many fingers am I holding up? Just one. <laughs> All right, man. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail here on BearcatJournal.com.